We've been to the border. We've been to the grocery store. We've been to the grocery store. Yeah, but you haven't been to the grocery store. Yeah, well, also, I, I've never been to Spain. I also didn't get the oil changed. What's your point? It literally sounds like a like a. It sounds like a bad scene in Everybody Loves Raymond, where like it's just a terrible script. Yeah, Ray didn't do something, and he's trying to deflect. Right. Right. Ray, you said you were gonna get the Christmas present yesterday. I was gonna yeah, say, well, I also said I was gonna fucking water the lawn last summer, but did, did, was your original instinct to go for the grocery store, but then you realized I just did that and then you had to make up Christmas yeah, shopping? That's true, actually. Yeah, that's what happened, dude. That is what happened. Fucking thing sucks. All right, I guess we'll do it. <clears throat> Everybody, welcome to episode 129 of I'm So Surecast. I'm your host, Tim Merlin. I'm with Tim Sullivan. Hello, everybody. Oh, oh. Good to be here. Jeez. We just wrapped up at the Tuna Striker. We did. We did it. An old Seabrook watering hole. I had a uh, baked haddock, but all, well, it was the trio, actually. So the haddock, the scallops and the shrimp yes and i had i'm sorry to say it sounds blasphemous ordering a turf meal at a seafood place Mm. but we did have the tuna wontons and i'm by the way i'm for seafood i love seafood actually more he does than land terra firma food um and it does feel a little bit weird like going to a whorehouse and then just masturbating to not get seafood at a seafood place. But yeah, I was going to say, or it's like going to a whorehouse and just like, just to watch TV or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, I got the steak tips and they're great. They had that pineapple. I guess it's kind of like a mm. salsa. Oh yeah, it does. On top of it. It sure fucking does, buddy. Mm, great stuff. Sure fucking does. You know what I like about the tuna striker? What do you like? And, Probably not the best business model, but it's why I respect it. Okay. You go to, I don't know, the tap. And I love the tap. Mm-hmm. But you're like, uh, where the fuck is everybody? I ordered my drink like 10 minutes ago. The tuna striker has 18 people working there. And yep. it's 200 square feet. Right. So, again, probably not the best economic choice, but I as a as a patron, I love it. <laughs> There's literally always someone within earshot ready to just pounce on whatever you need. Right? They must be... That's how you get loyalty, folks, because they probably haven't had to worry about the COVID losers collecting checks and avoiding work. Right. Everywhere else, where did we go? Oh, well, we went to Tuscan Village. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. And there were no waiters. Waitresses? Servers? Waiter X. Oh, Waiter X. Uh, working there. So we would, and it wasn't the server's fault. They were just limited. So you would go, yeah, I'll have um, two vodka sodas because by the time I'm done with my first one, uh, it's going to be about an hour to get the second one. That's how you got to start doing it. Or you're like, let me get two vodka sodas because by the time you bring both of them, I'll wish I had already had one of them. There's that too. Yep. <laughs> um, 
Also, I will have to say with Tuscan, they are uh, presumptive on the bread bringing, which I love. Do you have bread? Yeah. So I, I hate going to a place you know they have bread, and they make you ask for it. Here's the lowdown. Here's the lowdown on that whole situation over there, okay? If you are like, oh, dude, the Tuscan, the new Tuscan village, we should go check that out. You should. What you should do is, it's a nice, it's a nice day. You go sit on the little patio area with all the Adirondack chairs and the benches. This is a giant cock. And the umbrellas and all that shit. And you, you go to the beer truck, you get a beer. There's also the little fucking truck that's got like tacos and all this other shit. Yeah, that taco truck actually did look good. And uh, you get that shit and you sit out on the patio and you maybe play fucking a little bit of cornhole. Corn yep. Or whatever. Right? Yep. What you don't do is go into the Tuscan market and get a table and sit down and dine. Check, please. Yeah, no, it's one, it's very tight, right? Very tight. For a marketplace, it's nice. Yeah, if, if nothing you, wrong with that. If you want to go into the really gotta stop. You really gotta stop. If you <laughs> if you want to go into the I don't even know why you have to stop. I just am saying it because you said it to yourself six times. <laughs> but um if you want to go into the Tuscan market, buy some fucking cured meats and cheeses and maybe a fucking pre-made chicken parm that you want to just go home and heat up. Playa. Perfect, dude. You just set yourself up for a fantastic Wednesday night. Right. If you want a nice, elegant kind of sit down with yep. four or five friends. Yeah. You're, you feel, it feels like it has the chaos of being in the middle of a kitchen mm. during a, a rush, a dinner rush. I mean, again. I it, it is very European esque. You do kind of feel like you're in some packed third world country like Italy that everybody goes to. And I get that's probably partly what they're going for. Yeah, they were going for the whole uh that cramped market European thing. Cramped market European thing where service is terrible and uh <laughs> cause it, well if you're in like, you know, Greece or whatever. I know yeah. this is supposed to be Italy. Well, you went to Nice, right? I did go to Nice. It was very nice. Um, uh, it's pronounced Nice. But like, if you want your bill, yeah, it just like never comes. You have to be like, can I? Yeah, because that's kind of like it's assumed that when you walk into the restaurant at six, this is like your last spot of the night. Like right. You're gonna be there for a couple hours, right? Yeah. Well, they don't even fucking serve you until goddamn. Well, don't their waiters not work on tips in Europe either? I honestly don't remember, but I don't think they do. I think they're like weirded out by tips. That's probably what happened. I don't know how the American service model thing, but because it was predominantly Europeans that came over here, they said, these fucking losers don't know how to wait on people. What if we say, uh, we're going to actually pay you for being fucking super aggressive, coming up, asking how dinner is, asking if we need another refill, we will reward you based on that. If you do a good job, you may walk away with like an extra 50 bucks. Well, I could see that stemming from like young people working in like a diner, for instance. It's like the young neighborhood kid, Tommy. Right. And he's like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Peterson, what can I get you? They're like, oh, I'll take two slices of cherry pie and a coffee, Tommy. Thanks. Right. And he brings it over and they go, hey, buddy, here, this is for you. You put that in your pocket. Yeah. He's like, oh, geez, Miss Thompson, thanks a, thanks a bunch. I don't know if that's the name I stuck. I went with originally. I think it was. But I feel like that's kind of where tips started. Or somebody tricked people. 
Ooh, I can't wait to hear this. So this guy wants to start a restaurant, right? Because okay. the whole concept of restaurant, you can see how it's novel. Because back then, people hunted. They fed themselves. They were self-sustaining. Mm. So this one guy comes along with this idea, and he goes, what if, what if I go out, I fucking pay this guy to hunt the livestock or whatever. Uh-huh. I fucking take care of it. I gut it. I cook it. Whatever. And then you pay, and I just give you meals, and that's it, right? So that's how the concept started, right? Right. And then that way it was like it was very entrepreneurial, where you go, all right, you hunt, right? All right, uh, I'm gonna pay you per deer. Give it to me at a flat rate, good rate. You know, I'll keep you. I'll keep you. Your mm. pockets full. Could have could have even been an accident, right? But then this is where the trickery comes. Okay, in. I'm ready. So now fast forward, it's like, I don't know, 18 something. 64, 1864. Sure. Right. Last year of the Civil War. And this guy goes, I fucking hate paying for my stupid employees. They fucking suck. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell society that I only pay these people two bucks an hour. And well, if it's 1864, we're going to have to go with like 10 cents. All right. I only I'm going to tell society. Listen. My staff only gets paid ten cents an hour, so they live on tips. So it's up to you. <laughs> and, then, and then the crowd, instead of going, "Wait, why are you only paying them ten cents?" They go, "All right, I guess we'll just pay for your staff." Right. And then that, and then everybody wins. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what I love. The argument is never, "Why doesn't your boss pay you more than two dollars an hour?" Their argument is always, "They live on tips." Oh, so it's my fault. Right. So, so if I am pissed and I tip fifty percent, uh, fifty cents, I'm an asshole. But her boss paying her two dollars and thirty cents an hour just gets off scot free. So that was where the trickery came in. Right, that guy is a fucking genius. That's actually a good point. I guess I didn't think about it. That way. By the way, I don't. Uh, I sound like I'm begrudging it. I do not begrudge it. I think it's great. I think it could have also been that uh, the guy was paying the employees, you know, reasonably. And then they were also getting tips. And then these fucking waiters and waitresses were making like a hundred grand a year. And then the the owner of the restaurant's like, wait a minute. What? No, of course. I'm being I'm being a little facetious here, but I Well, right, I, that's the point. It floats all boats because the 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 waitresses like the fact they don't want their employer to pay because if if being a server was just a flat, you get paid fifteen bucks an hour. Mm. Nobody would do it, so it's it it's beneficial to the servers themselves too. But um, I just would appreciate if first of all, you know how rare it is for people like you and I to give bad tips. We're we're pretty non confrontational, twenty percent flat at least, no matter what. Right. For us to give lower than 20%, it means somebody really fucked up. Right. Uh, and by the way, I do not punish servers for the food. That's not their bag, baby. Mm. Um, I judge them on their reaction to the chef fucking up my food. Because that's, again, it's not their fault, but you're also kind of the middleman. So Right. Um, but if I give you a 8% tip... Super rare, but it means your attitude was so bad that I could not reconcile handing you 
money out of my pocket. Like I wanted to give you zero, but I still gave eight percent because I want to remain a member of society. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But there are some people that really fucking suck. You're not brain surgeons. You're not, and don't give me the whole. Well, brain surgeons get paid millions of dollars, but that's not the right. fucking point. There are brain surgeons. A million jobs harder than you. Being a garbage man is harder than being a waitress. Okay. So uh, not a good example. Do a, do a different one. Why? How is that harder? A garbage man? Yeah. You're all fucking gross. Uh, I yeah, it's grosser. It's not harder. All right, a garbage man makes fifty grand a year. Okay, right? He gets up at the crack of dawn. He smells like shit all day. He can never meet up with his buddies for a drink after work because he's got to go home and shower. A waitress can make four hundred dollars in a night by bringing plates of food from a window to a booth. That's literally all they do, and they can make six figures a year if they work at the right place. Yes, you're cor- you're correct, but here's the here's the part you're missing. Oh, garbage people don't have to deal with people. They do the same thing at every house. They get off the truck, they pick up the shit, they put it in the truck, they get back on the truck. They get off the truck, they put it in the shit, they get back on the truck. Waitresses have to deal with assholes, people that are just like, "Hey, can you get me chicken, but keep it raw, don't cook it?" And they're like, "Well, sir, we can't do that." Well, that's how I want it. No, but you're bringing, but but this is where, first of all, it's like I always say, I, I have no time for people that suck at customer service because at the end of the day, you chose this job knowing exactly what it is. No one no one walked in, no one filled an application at the Chateau thinking like, they're just going to be in a back room only working. This is what you fucking signed up for, okay? Mm. So, second of all, uh, in the grand scheme of things, how bad could it really be? I get that people are assholes. 100% agree yep. Yep. that if I had to be a server for a week straight, I would want to murder so many people that I would have to quit. That's But that's why I know I'm not programmed to do that. Right. If someone said you can be a waiter or a garbage man tomorrow, okay, I, I'd pick the waiter every time. Not that I'm disparaging garbage men. I guess actually, I guess you're correct. But I think that the reason is is not here. So here's my here's maybe one of my flaw. I don't think it's a flaw, but here's one of my flaws, weaknesses. Sure, I, I did la- get that the source you sent me by the way. I latch on to words, specific words that people say. Oh yeah. And then they say a thing that doesn't match up with the words that they use, and I say, well, that's not what you fucking just said. Yeah. So you said being a garbage man is harder. I don't think it is harder. I just think it's a sh- it's a shittier job because you smell like shit all the time. It's harder. You're you. It's harder to get up to go to work in the morning than it is to go to a restaurant. So life is harder being a garbage man. And by the way, if you're like 23 or whatever, being garbage man is actually a good gig. But. Uh, I just think you could go up to the bitchiest, cuntiest waitress that ever lived. Mm-hmm. So miserable. Yep. And say, you know what? Why don't you just fucking work for me? I need a new garbage person. We pay like 50 grand. We got a ton of good benefits. You got a pension if you do it. Between fucking work for me. Not a single fucking one would do it. Therefore, it's harder. That's what I'm saying. If it was easier, people would just say, yeah, I'll do that. 
I know what you mean because when you get into the nuances of it, but black and white, easiest litmus test, which job's harder, tends to be the ones less people want to do. So, I mean, just because it's not that the actual tedium of doing the job itself is hard. It's the whole, what is the reward for the task? And I think there's less of a green net benefit with being a garbage man. And by the way, if anyone listening is a garbage man, I'm actually not disparaging it. I've actually thought about when I was like 22, I was like, honestly, it's not a bad fucking idea. Um, I agree with what you said. If the job's paid equally, I'd much rather be a garbage man. You can literally fucking wear headphones. You just chuck garbage bags into the back of a truck. I agree with you in that sense. Okay, let's- if they got paid the same, I'd be the garbage man because it's it's it is easier in that sense. Okay, let's let's stir let's stir the pot a little bit here. Oh, hold up! If someone said you could be a real estate agent, which gets to sit and wait, a realtor or a realtor? realtor? Oh, let's say a realtor. A realtor or a realtor? Realtor. All right. That can just sit in like an air conditioned fucking office most of the day and then drive to appointments, blah, blah, blah. You could do that or you could fucking cut lawns for a living. Let's say they both pay exactly the same amount. I would easily just cut lawns every day. Yes, because you know that you're thinking of that rewarding feeling when you come home and you fucking shower and you're like, I had a fucking day. I felt satisfied Mm. because it had that, you know, it's labor. You feel good about it. You do. And it's not this like soul crushing, just sitting there mindlessly clicking shit. Well, no, not not mindlessly, but I'm saying I think that's what the crux of what your argument was, was one sounds like more work, but you're actually getting more self-value out of it than the other. In a way. So the the reason I chose those is... By the way, I mindlessly click for a living, so I was in no way trying to be insulted. Yeah, right. So I'm actually kind of going the opposite of what you said. I would say that being a realtor is mentally fucking exhausting, like 20 hours a day, every day, seven days a week, where I could sit on a mower and just listen to a podcast and just chill and not have to deal with fucking people all day long. Yes. And uh, I don't care because then I'm in a hundred degree heat because I don't have to deal with people fucking screaming at me at fucking nine at night on a Sunday. Yeah. So both of our arguments merged together because I made the concession that being throwing garbage into a truck, listening to your headphones is not bad. Dealing with people sucks. Yes. So dealing with people is harder, (laughs) but... I forget. I lost my train of thought. I know. But I'm all, trying to confuse all you. roads wound up to the same thing. But the pay is where the variables change. The variables change. So that's the difference. That's the difference. The reason you wouldn't cut lawns, because you could do that tomorrow if you wanted. Could. But you don't do it. Yeah, and it's because of the it. pay. Yeah. That's the, this is the full circle of the argument. And that, and folks, this is why circles are round. That's true, and it's, they just keep going around what the and fuck around. Is that fireworks? Yeah, it's fireworks. Jesus, summer at the beach, man. There's fireworks every fucking all the time. Early for Juneteenth. 
Um, I can't believe I wasted 20 minutes of people's time with that. Nothing wrong with that. With that circle, that circular conversation of nothingness. Well, it was circuitous, that's why. Where we both just condescended each other and the The quickest way to a ourselves. point is a straight line. That's not what we took. We took a circle. So we kind of exhibited the shape of a circle while making a point about circles. Yeah, We did this for you, guys. Um, all right, should we go to um, Stephen Colbert? You do whatever the fuck you want to do, man. All right, so obviously on this show, um, we've established that John Oliver is a cuck. I think <laughs> right. nothing personal. It's just all it was. A f- it's factual that we proved that. Right. Um, Trevor Noah is dumb and likable, um, but you know, it's kind of a mouthpiece for. Yeah, he shares the politics of any nineteen-year-old girl on on any college campus anywhere. Um, but Stephen Colbert is <laughs> in a league of his own. He is the embodiment of the nerdy hall monitor whose head should have been in the toilet all throughout high school to the Karen who bitches about a barbecue next door being loud to someone that's just always asking the teacher if she remembered to assign homework before class gets this. Oh. He, he is just a true mouthpiece for power in every single way. If you watch uh, Stephen Colbert, I don't watch his show. I've seen clips, but he takes the side of whoever is in power, no matter what. There's never been an exception. So anyway... Here's where two worlds collide because the people on the left, they adore Jon Stewart more than anybody, right? Mm. Never been a fan, but also he never really, I never really minded him. Right. He's fine. He's fine. Just fine. Uh, So here's what happens when Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert collide. So as we know, the lab theory has been a racist theory since the beginning. Somehow saying a virus escaped from a virology lab is less racist than saying it was Chinese people eating bats. <laughs> somehow somehow my story was more racist. Right. Then they go, no, it's the fucking Chinese. You know how they eat on these fucking wet markets? Some, <laughs> somehow that was more racist than saying, no, they researched... Viruses is what they do, and it like escaped accidentally. Right. Anyway, so for the last year, that story has been verboten. Um, and then the last couple of weeks with the Fauci emails, and then even before that, um, they started humoring it more because they realized that the geniuses that said the lab theory was a myth actually never investigated, and there's actually more evidence. There's no more evidence that it was started in a wet market than than a lab. So now here's where worlds collide because John Stewart, if you're on the left, you're a huge fan of this guy. If you like pundits, comedic pundits, he's your guy. And then Stephen Colbert, obviously you like him because you're tuning in. Right. Right? So this is what happens. Listen to John Stewart admit that anyone with a working brain knows this came from a lab and Stephen Colbert uh, refusing to concede. 
How do you feel about the science now? Well, so I will say this. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> So this is for the folks that can't see this because you don't have a video podcast. This is what happens. So Colbert's audience knows they just saw a punchline happen. Mm. And so they start kind of laughing a little bit. And then they see how Stephen Colbert is pissed off, but he's playing it off. Like he's making it known that he's pissed off what John Stewart just implied, but he's also like kind of making a joke out of it. Yes. And then the audience can full free laugh because they know Stephen Colbert, you know, has reacted comedically, even though he's also made it known that he's pissed. And that's kind of. Hold on one second. No, 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 no. Not, listen, listen. It's I'm, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that. I wouldn't for, do that to you. I'm so what, what do you? Takes, but what do you? What, 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 what do you mean by? Do you mean like well, so this? Perhaps a, this, there was a chance that this was created in a lab. There's- I love. So this is how partisan this guy is. He's so partisan that he's still sticking to the politicians he loves so much, even after MSNBC and CNN and left wing media have admitted. That this is probably came from a lab. He's still so loyal to the people in charge that he goes, what, 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 so what do you mean? Like, what, what, what are you getting at? You think John? this could have possibly came from, wait, a lab? This is the first, first time I've heard of this. <laughs> Investigation. A chance. Well, but, I'm, I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I a, I, if there's I, evidence, I, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Colbert, please, please, please give me evidence that this started in a wet market. Give me any evidence. I will wait. I'll wait for. 12 months. Find a single source of evidence that was ever cited to say the wet market theory. Uh, There's not one. A novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just... You can tell, too, by the volume of the laughter. If you had one of those laugh-a-meters right. like Saved by the Bell, only like a quarter of yeah, the audience like, is laughing. This is getting uncomfortable. They're like, what do we do? We all love Fauci. Right. That's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute. You work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. So Colbert, Colbert's getting very uncomfortable. Because he's supposed to be an edgy comedian, right? Mm. And then some guy is not sucking up to power. And right. He's like, wait, fuck, my audience is laughing at this. What the fuck do I even do? And he just, he's just sitting there like a fucking idiot. Oh, I, you, you, the wait, name wait. of your lap. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I now let he's me winning see them over? It's because it's becoming Show too me the obvious. Card. Now. Oh, right. Because I the work- people in the audience go, 
the people in the audience are probably going, wait, that was the name in the lab? What the fuck? And then when they see that Stephen Colbert isn't disagreeing him, then they go, wait, that is fucking what the name of the lab right, is going? Right. And then so then they start laughing because they go, holy shit, well, that's pretty fucking bad. Right. <laughs> At the so they're loosening coronavirus up. lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, wait, wait, okay. wait a second. Wait a what second. about this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak. And watch, watch Colbert. He doesn't have any retort. Like, if, if John Stewart were saying something that actually was kind of insane, right? Colbert would be like, oh, yeah, well, and, th- and that's why this is true. And right. just slam dunk him with facts. Right. But he has nothing. Of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a s- steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory maybe that's it that could be that's his witty report that could be that that could be by the way i gave them all tuberculosis that could that could very well be and anthony fauci and francis collins and nih have said like it should definitely be investigated stop with i love how he's still stick like this is he is a cheerleader for power Honestly, if you had a girlfriend that was this loyal to you, that you banged like once a year and never really saw it, you'd be like, why are you? F- I, I, I appreciate it, but like, it's kind of creepy how much you're sticking up for me. Right. The logic and people and things. The no, name of the disease. Wait a second. Wait a second. The building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because in Wuhan here. there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a wait local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats. No, but it's like else. saying, oh, why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus, an Austin coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan, yes. where they have a lab called, what's the lab called again, Stephen? <laughs> Wuhan Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh-huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you That's That is the go-to. Because Ron Johnson's a Republican senator. Colbert has nothing other than, well, you agree with the Republican, John. Right. Oh, these people are fucking pathetic. Anyway, I thought that clip was funny that because was good. I never liked John Stewart. Still don't. But now he's growing on you a little bit. No, but because I'm not, I'm done giving people credit for saying normal things now. Like I remember when Russell Brand and Matthew McConaughey were talking about um, the Brexit and the Trump voters. And Russell Brand was like, I mean, I actually don't like how they're pushed around by Hollywood and whatever. And like all these people on the right were like, oh, look, f- fucking Russell Brand and Matthew McConaughey. They finally had the balls to like, m- you know, not 
just demonize. I'm done. Celebrate. So they said that disenfranchised people aren't pieces of shit. Like, congratulations, guys. You said, like, I'm done acting like someone did something brave for just doing what was obvious to everybody. All Jon Stewart did was say stuff that any moron with a working brain do a year ago. So it doesn't make me like him. Right. But it does make me at least respect the fact that he knew he was about to say something very unpopular to his audience, which I like. Right, right, right. So it doesn't make me like him. But, I mean, again, if Ted Bundy said something smart, I'd go, yeah, no, that's true. Right. You know? Yeah. And also just uh, Stephen Colbert is just the worst. But, um, uh, oh, also, so we do have... Um, uh, backward breaking news. Backward breaking news. This just in. Oh uh, God! We have to renege a celebration we did. Oh, on the that's news. right. This is a, this is pretty sad. Um, and the story's uh been out for a couple days now. So was it last? No, it had to be two weeks ago. We ran a story here on the Amsterdam Surecast. Uh, we didn't break the story, but we ran, we ran it. Yeah. Uh, that Bull Moose employees, uh, when asked to take down signs requiring patrons to wear masks, 20 of the Bull Moose employees refused to, citing their own safety, and threatened to do a walkout. And the owners of Bull Moose said, fine, beat it, you're gone. Laid off, fired immediately, 20 employees. We obviously celebrated that. Um, not that we're for mass firings, but we're for people getting their comeuppance. And when you act like an entitled little brat and you're the guy paying your paycheck says, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, we here at the Amsterdam Surecast enjoy that. So we give them a thorough kudos on that. And look at what happened now. Uh, so Wickard, who I guess is the Brett Wickard, is the founder of Bulmos. Mm. And sounds like somebody who would find found Bulmos. This is what he said on Friday: "Quote: We pride ourselves on building community and acting with empathy. Yet we failed on both accounts. We strayed from our values and have to set things right. First of all, if that isn't the classic hostage tape, like that just sounds like you have a gun to your head." Mm. By the shareholders going, oh, we're fucking bleeding money because we have no one operating two of our stores. You need to fucking make this right. And the guy goes, uh, we stray from our values and have to set things right. And then he goes, <laughs> falling flat on our faces was humbling, but we're determined to have our mistakes become a transformative event from Bill Moose, which I just noticed. Uh, great fucking reporting. W... MTW News. Bill Moose? Yeah, it's clearly a typo. But um, how do you go from a football spike mic drop moment of firing 20 loser millennials or Gen Zers, whatever the fuck they are, Gen Zeros, uh, to saying you fell flat on your face and you need them all back? So what do you think happened? I'm thinking lawsuit. Maybe you're just thinking money. No, I'm th- well, here's kind of what I'm thinking, right? I mean, they're all the same. But- um, a couple things happened here. So one of which being, since every- 
it's kind of a known thing that a lot of people are not willing to work right now because they're just staying home collecting unemployment, right? Yep. That's why every single person I know that either owns a business or works at a business and picks up the fucking phone call at the at the business says that people call all fucking day long yes, and schedule uh, job interviews and then do not show up at them because if they can prove that they set up job interviews, they can still collect unemployment. Yep. All they need to do is say that they're in pursuit of a job. And this is happening across America all and fucking way, day long. It's becoming so... I'm starting to believe... And again, I hate to keep making this a partisan point. I know a ton of people on the left that I like and respect and agree with on the Venn diagram of agreements is a very large, wide middle chart. Mm. But I'm starting to get the feeling that if you're, if, if you're denying that the lack of work is not, is because of the COVID benefits, it's, I'm starting to think you've never, you don't know any single person that owns a business or knows someone that owns a business. Like every person you talk to that owns a small business has said the exact same thing. Right. It's impossible to get people to work. Exactly. So that's kind of where I was going with this is I think he fired them thinking this were normal times where if he put a thing saying Bulmos is now hiring, he would have had a fucking hundred job applicants and would have filled their, their positions in like a week. But now he put that out, and then he found out, oh, fuck, people don't actually want to work because they're all just relying on the system. So then he was like, fuck, the only people that might work is those assholes. So I guess I'll just apologize and try to have them back. And on top of that, most of Bull Moose's demographic is kids like the ones that work there. Yeah. Losers. Right. That are usually... Uh, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong Bull Moose fan. Right, we're both losers too. Self, self-admitted loser. But our, I would say that if you drew a diagram of radical of of the people that work there, uh, blue being radical leftists, blue and, being the hair color, and and red being um, the bush alt right people, the diagram would be completely blue, maybe like one sliver of red. Yeah. So. All right, so that's I, I. Here's my theory: What happened? Oh, he's got a theory, and obviously, I think they were bullied online. Yeah, and maybe in person. Maybe I, there were death thre- death threats. Who fucking knows? Here's what I think happened. Okay, let's hear it. This founder, Bill Willard, which is such a fucking bull moose founder name because it Will makes Willard. me. Th- it, well, it makes me think of um. F- fuck, what was that asshole's name? Rob Weymouth. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yep. All right, so here's what I think happened. Did I tell you I saw him like two years ago? Sorry, go ahead. No? Just continue your story. All right, we'll talk to, about this way. Yeah, yeah. I think this guy probably was making a pretty good living. He had apparently the eight stores, which I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, and I think he saw the Fauci's and the Pelosi's and all these losers shut down his businesses. And I think he thought, like any sane person owning a business, he became irate at these fucking bureaucrats using COVID as an excuse to fuck with his family and his money. And I think, just like a lot of these small business owners, they started to become so resentful of COVID being an excuse to fuck him over that finally they were able to open back up. They probably know a bunch of people. They probably personally were 
against this whole fucking mask thing to begin with because now they're so anti-Fauci, anti-bureaucrat, anti-use COVID for everything that I I guarantee this founder was so fed up. So then when the mask mandates thing end up, he probably sent an email being like, no one needs to wear a mask because he's personally anti-mask. Yep. And then I guarantee when these people said, we're going to walk out, he liked it. He said, fuck them. I don't, I don't. We're going to put a pause on these fucking two stars. We're not going to make any fucking money on it. I, the, the way I differ from you is I think he knew exactly how hard it was he was it was going to be to replace them. But he just said, if I can just have the satisfaction of getting these fucking losers fired and not working for me, that's worth it. And I think he was super fucking pumped when there was that news story. He was gleefully interviewed. This is why I fucking fired them. And I think he was pumped. And then I think what happened... Was the fucking investors were probably like, dude, we're f- we can't afford to just have two or three stores just not running. It's impossible to get people in here. Uh, we need to fucking we need to apologize and get them back. And that guy was probably just like, oh. I, I think I probably I, I almost guaranteed if it was up to this guy, he would have just lost all that money just for the satisfaction of them to go fuck themselves. But I don't know. So if anybody knows Bill Willard, let Please us know. call in. Because we should... Uh, that's an interesting theory. And then we can also talk about uh, Rob Weymouth. Rob Weymouth. I got to pee really bad. I'll come back. We'll talk about Rob Weymouth. Oh, boy. Yeah, so Rob Weymouth, for those who don't know, was the total and utter mediocrity who ran the... Sound and handle the recording at the Sad Cafe probably from 2001 to 2015 or 16. Uh, super nerdy guy. Kind of looked like the singer of Weezer a little bit. Uh, nice guy. Probably five foot six. Um, probably had sex with south of two girls. Um Serious guy, nerdy but serious. Uh, but an all-around nice guy. He was pretty cheerful when we saw him. Um, we would we recorded our first EP with him, and then we would play the Sac Cafe. The joy of playing the Sac Cafe was you got to listen to a recording of your set on the way home. That was the best part. Was you play the show, you thought you fucking killed it, and then you would. Word excitedly slide in the CD-ROM and then realize that you probably did play fine, but the mix was so awful that just for your the sanctity of your own ears, you had to turn it off because it was so garbagely mixed. Fair? Yeah. Or you just played really bad and the mix was bad, but yes. Right. I'd say 80% chance you played bad, badly, 100% chance the mix was terrible. Yes. That's true. So it was a twofold uh, issue. But where did you see him? Right. So this is actually. I fucked up. I went to like a, I don't know if it was like a graduation party or just a random I party. I sucked other men's cooks. I think it was a Halloween party, actually. Okay. Went to a Halloween party at like one of Jessica's, like, I don't even know if it's actually her cousin, but her, we just are going to say cousin's house, right? Mm-hmm. And there's all these uh, fucking kids around because obviously she has like cousins that are 
you know, 18, 19. You're kidding me. Or whatever. So there's there's a, a stage, like a makeshift stage, and there's shitty bands playing, right? Mm-hmm. Shitty bands. And um, there's this guy that just keeps, like, running up and, like, adjusting shit and running back down and running to a mixer and then running back up. Is this, like, a pretty big room? Is this a backyard? It's or in a backyard. Okay. It's in a backyard. It's, like, a makeshift shitty stage. Not very good bands. Halloween party. And I keep seeing this guy, and I'm like, the f- this fucking, I've seen this before. I've seen but this. he's gay. I've seen this person running like this and hunching and turning on knobs and you stepping back and listening. You recognize his body language. I've re- yes, his uh, mannerisms, if you will. And then I recognize the little balding spot in the back of his head. He's balding? I mean, he was always balding, wasn't he? He had the little patch. Yeah, he may have been. And then... I, rec- I kind of see that he's got a little bit of like a little nerdy baby face. So I turned the pot hoping it would solve my problems. But you know something? The only thing it fixed was my life. Sorry, I meant to do what the plugs aren't taking. And I, uh, I eventually worked up the courage and walked Ooh. up to him and said, you wouldn't happen to be Rob Weymouth, would you? And he looked <laughs> like he saw a fucking ghost and was like, yeah, that's... Hold up. Wait a minute. Right. That is me. I'm I, I'm Rob Weymouth. I'm like, oh shit, dude. I used to play uh, the side cafe all the time. Yeah! And you used to poorly mix like a couple of my bands and shit. <laughs> and he's like, oh no shit, you know, small world, blah blah blah. Yeah, but these guys are kind of fucking up. And that is when I saw Rob Weymouth like two years ago. Wow, dude. That's in that same night. It was very cold. Because it was like it was like October, obviously Halloween party. Yeah, I had my my Janowskis, which are probably to this day the my favorite shoes I've ever owned. Why are you gay? And there was a bonfire, and I was so cold that I was like really just like putting my feet near the fire to like warm the soles of my shoes. Yeah, because my feet were fucking freezing. Stop crying, you sniveling ass! Stop I, your nonsense. I ended up melting the shoes what um so i had to throw them away and then i'd never i haven't replaced the shoes since so i don't have janowski's anymore jesus i know did you ever buy a uh you didn't buy a replacement pair nope literally just fucking said that (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was too busy looking for an apropos that's fine um yeah so i saw fucking rob women you're a big guy I wonder how he's doing. Like what? Like because I remember he had worked for Granite. Uh, I don't know. They were called Granite something. That was the studio that he had worked at. It wasn't yeah. his studio, right? He worked for this great big fat guy, um, who's kind of a dick. Kind of a dick. A little bit of a dick. I said, not that big of a dick. I said, wait with. Uh, stop by this Friday. He said, I'm gonna go. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was granite something, um, granite rock recording or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then yeah, we used to see him at the Sac Cafe all the time. I, I don't know the. But what, why wouldn't if you're maybe he has, if you're Rob Wayman, yeah, um, and you're you know a C plus sounds engineer, why wouldn't you just start your own studio? I think he kind of did, didn't he? He may have. I the I he was always working for someone I when he I did. knew, but. Um, I mean, I don't know what your uh, little prelude to 
Like what your intro to this story this is was? This a giant cock. Yep. But I mean, Rob is always a nice guy that uh, I'd have like recording questions and I'd like shoot him a message on MySpace and he'd be like, oh yeah, just put the microphone this distance from the snare drum. No, he's a good guy. And all the shit. And, uh, but in terms of some guy that's mixed the same fucking room for 10 plus years, he could have probably fucking been better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not talented, but he's a good guy. Yeah. Moderate. He, here's the thing. There's worse sound engineers, but he hit like a, this plateau that's at like the maybe 60%. Um, I really have trouble coming up with words all the time. Isn't it funny that I latch on to people using the correct word, but I can't come up with the word myself? Yes. It's almost like being able to understand Spanish, but not speak it. Those, yeah, it's like those who... Competency, that's the worst. The word. Those He's, who can teach golf, the perfect golf swing, but they're not playing on the PGA Tour. Right. Those who can't do teach. Right. Those who can't speak, listen. That's that's me. So he, you know, was a sound engineer. He got better and better, and then he hit like sixty percent. Um, then he plateaued, and he he plateaued. I just said the fucking word two seconds ago. No, you did competency. I, you okay? Yeah. And then he just could. He never went past that. He just stayed right there. So I never realized. Obviously, the equipment thing becoming uh, technically savvy with what you're using that takes skill. I get that he had that. Mm. But in terms of mixing the same room every night, I never actually, I never really knew. I know that it's tough to get really good at it, but I never quite knew how easy it was to get okay at it until we played a show with, I mean, you've probably seen a million people with this, but when we played a show with um, that one guy at the Bradford uh, I don't fucking know, but the dude, if you get a decibel reader, you go drummer, fucking play. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, that's uh, two hundred decibels. Guitar player, and then uh, what they the can, fuck was that guy? Even if they it. sound like shit, like even if the guitar player's tone is terrible and he's untalented, you're gonna be able to hear guitar playing drums, like. It, it literally is quite that simple once you know how to actually how the microphones work and yes. how they feed into the mixture. Like if you're just doing the same room all the time. As you're speaking too, I'm kind of having a little bit of um, some shit starting to make sense here. Yeah. So I think part of that, yes, Life-wise you're correct. Or, or that way, or uh, band, sound band sound engineer wise. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of that fucking guy, but that guy's the shit. The he's he's awesome. I think it's like Paul or something. Yeah, something like that. He's but a, he's um, a good guy. Uh. So for for that guy, he's dealing with adults who yes. have been playing music for at least 10 like, years. Guys who literally pay the bills playing music. Right. And he's like, hey, man, here's the deal. Bass is a little too loud. Turn that down. Take a little treble off that guitar. Drummer, you're fucking perfect. I love you. Let's test the fucking vocals. He's super efficient, too. Right. So there's that. And then there's Rob Weymouth, who's dealing with snot-nosed little fucking kids. But I want the guitar to be, like, loud, man. But, bro, I have a full stack. You don't want me to fucking... You want me to have the volume at two? Fuck you, man. Bro, I got a really good solo this song. It's got to be louder than that. And then the drummer's playing harder than he fucking ever would need to be. And Yeah. So I get it. 
he's dealing with fucking idiot kids that he that think that he's trying to fucking smash their dreams by telling them to turn down when he really is trying to fucking help them, and they're just in spite of him turning the amp up to eleven. I get that that's probably a little more difficult. Yes, but, but still, if that you, is fair, that's a good caveat because yeah. it is different. You know, if you're playing, if you're making up a jazz band of all, that's more complicated, but it's easier. But it's easier in the sense that if if you're if they're gonna pull like George Harrison on the rooftop, where the second you tell them to turn it down, they just crank it back up, right? And they're just terrible musicians. And all this could be avoided. Well, some of it could be avoided. Say he was, you know, every band comes in. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm Rob. I'm the engineer here. Um, just want to let you know we're all uh, on the same team here. My goal is to make you sound as good as humanly fucking possible." Yep. Um, and how we will achieve that is by me telling you to turn down or up and you don't have to listen to me, but I'm just letting you know, if you do listen to me, you're going to sound better. Well, this is the true genius behind, but then as a kid, I'm like, what a fucking dick. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow. Yeah, you're right. No, but this is where the genius is, is in the monitor mix because that way, if you get the sense that this snot nosed kid wants his guitar to be cranked. Crank the shit out, make his monitor 80% guitar. Yep. And then the rest of the audience gets to hear the normal, sane person's right. idea of it. That's all there is to it. With me and Ian always referred to as the, the Linda, Linda McCartney. McCartney mix. Yep. That's correct. Yep. It's classic. Exactly. Fucking classic. By the way, dude. can you think, and I, obviously the Beatles are not only my favorite band, but the greatest band of all time. That's true. Can you think of. That's true. Bigger whipped pussies and then John Lennon and Paul McCartney, by the way. In which uh like uh, like I'm listening. If so in a couple months Karen and I will be married. Uh if she ever said if Karen's voice absolutely stunk and she sh- just absolutely sucked at keyboard, I would go, Yeah, you're not gonna you're not in the band. Like you can, <laughs> you can fucking come on tour, and like, but I'm good to come. I'm, I'm, and yeah, Karen goes, I'm gonna come. <laughs> Don't come. Don't come. Um. So you got McCartney, who, and I get that he's a good guy for doing it, but I mean, come on. And then that fucking clip of John Lennon playing with Yoko, and, oh. she, and she was on. So John Lennon's album, the album he was recording when he was shot and killed, Double Fantasy, mm. is such a good fucking album. But there are several songs where Yoko just starts screaming in it. Right. And it's just like, I don't even, at first I was like, I felt bad, like she ruined his songs. Yeah. But I was like, no, that's fucking his, like John Lennon, you were literally... At the time he's alive, 1980, you were literally one of maybe four of the greatest songwriters of all time still alive. Yep. Uh, you don't have the clout to tell your wife to, like, fuck off. Right. Because, again, this is your album. This lives forever. This is your child. But it's permanent. It is permanent. So John this Lennon died 10 years before I was born. This is a permanent album. And I'm still listening <laughs> to his shitty wife. She she comes in, she's screaming, no one knows what she's saying. <laughs> and it's like, why did you fucking do that? 
It's got a lot of problems with that yoga, let me tell you. <laughs> we all, no one likes yoga. A lot of problems, a lot of screaming. Everyone loves the Beatles, but that yoga, let me tell you, she's a lot of work. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. <laughs> Listen, she's just not good. You got John Lennon, greatest greatest songwriter of all time, and Yoko comes in, just starts screaming like a banshee. She's not cleaning her room properly. She's not cleaning her room. And uh, there's like an interview. I think I think it's with fucking uh, Paul. It's got to be with Paul. He's like, yeah. So I asked Linda. I said, Linda. You want to be in my band? It's all his Jordan Peterson, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, why, though? Right. Why would you just add a non-musician to the great one of the greatest... You got you got Paul, one of, the, one of the greatest duos of all time. It's like, why are you asking your wife? You got Paul. He's pretty good. He's great. Paul, he's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, not great, but pr- pretty good. He's pretty, pretty, pretty good. And Linda comes along. Sweet old Linda. Everyone knows Linda sucks. Loves her smile. It's great. It's fantastic. Fantastic smile. Terrible voice, but <laughs> nice smile. She's nice broad. He's a he's a good guy, you know. But I wonder not, how many people are like not shut the prettiest the, voice. Shut the fuck up. Oh man. I wonder if we have any emails. Let's see. If it's all emails coming in now, let's say stop. <laughs> uh, for fuck's sake. Completely agreed. They all agreed. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Nothing. Nothing, huh? No emails. Oh, in case anyone wants, I'm sure nobody does, but, um, oh, that's rich. Um, oh, we made the, uh, Tendy Man shirts. Um, Oh, are those fucking up? Yeah, it's it's the hand holding a diamond. Yes. And it says uh certified bully boy. And underneath it says the tendy man cometh. I'm ordering one of those tonight. So I cannot wear it because I'm not a certified bully boy, but you can. Yeah. Uh Bud definitely can. Actually, when we're done this, can I order can I order mine? Yeah, you can. Uh but those are available on I'm so sure cast.com. Yeah, we got a lot of good merch too. I, I feel like a lot of the people that maybe recently have joined in the I'm So Surecast subscriber pool. A lot of people. Um, we haven't really been promoting it as much as we can, but it's a, it's a lot of lot of good merch. A lot of great merch. Really great. Really, I love really how it's great. like, it's like he, he like revs up and then just backs off real quick. Yeah, that's what he does. Got a lot of merch. A lot of good stuff. Yep. Because he makes these outlandish claims and then qualifies yeah, it. Right. The greatest guy I've ever seen. Pretty good guy. A <laughs> um, little bit of fucking uh, like Randy Marsh in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got a lot of really great merch. The greatest merch you'll ever see. Probably probably one of the best t-shirts you're ever going to wear, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest Not with you. Not the best, but pretty good. People love it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know. I, I don't even know it myself. People just say they love it. It's the greatest. People love it. <laughs> yeah. So ridiculous. Uh, but um yeah, we have a ton of great merch and my personal closet is filled with it. Um right. so go check it out. 
Yeah, check awesome. it out. Check it out, boys. If you like Supreme and in Rainbows references, we got stuff that satisfy yep. that. If you just like straight cool looking merch, I think that I think people like repping repping merch that's something that's kind of it feels like a indie type thing. Yeah, so go, people oh, are like, I don't even that? know what that is. Right, that's right. They got pretty good, not the best, but you know, they you know pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, so now we got new merch with the certified bully boys. I wonder if any of our, our uh, audience uh are certified bully boys, other than the the usual New York Hawk Exchange members that we have. It's a good question. Write us in if you are. My and Danny dad. Bergeron, uh if you're still listening, say hi, because we haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, send us an email. Everyone send us an email. If you're listening to me right now, there's no reason you shouldn't just pick up your stupid phone that's in your pocket or hand anyway. That's true. And just send an email to its.that.times.gmail.com. It'd be like, here's why you suck, or here's what I like yep. about you. You know, Or make a shirt that says this. Or fucking anything. Just interact. Or be like, your Trump impressions are so bad. And we're like, I know. They're not great, but they're not the worst. They're not the worst. It could be better. They could be better. <laughs> yeah. No, you have to make the initial statement. And you, uh, party of four, Miss Sullivan. <laughs> Couple of us. They're not, they're not all here right now, but they'll be here shortly. Party of four, might be three. We're not sure. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait and see. Might be heard. We've we've heard really great things. Really, really great things. They're all coming. They're in the parking lot now. They're they're unbuckling their seatbelts. They'll be here shortly. And then he does the the nose thing. It's been a lot of good stuff coming in. Not yeah. that good, but pretty good. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, we got plenty of merch, folks. Then for some reason, his shoulder is always doing this. Always, dude. Just back and forth for no fucking his reason. His head stays exactly still, and his body is just always... People who remind me of my dad. Donald Trump and Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney does? Yeah. Like his face? Yeah, so I said this in the last episode, actually. Like, Paul McCartney... I can kind of see it. If you take my dad and Paul McCartney at the same age, like, say you take them both at 60. Yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, You're... no, let's make my dad, like, 37. 37-year-old, my dad, and, like, 46-year-old Paul McCartney. I can see Very it. similar. I can see it. Yeah. A lot of good comparisons. <laughs> Maybe not the greatest, but they look similarly. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. <laughs> don't come. We do need to get the comma that don't come. Especially if we're talking about hot girls. Right. We should get that. Don't come. Don't come. I would try and pull it up, but it's just not going to come up quickly. It'll be just too... It'll take too long. Um... Is that it? Um, I think that's it. All right. Uh, yep. Remember to Check, please. rate and review the podcast. We haven't got one of those in a fucking long time. That's what I'd prefer. If yeah, you don't want to email, review. fucking rate the goddamn thing on the fucking app, whatever app you're on. Okay? I know it's probably the only alt-right podcast you listen to, but and you don't want to get your hands dirty. Right. But You don't want there to be a digital trail back to you. Trust me. You're on the grid somehow. Yeah. They, they already know. They know all. They know all. They know you're listening to it. So they're not going to be surprised when you rate and review. They can see your Google searches. I can see everything. They can see your Google searches. They can see everything. Edward Snowden, Googie Gaggy, everybody. 
Lady Gaggy. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening and uh, go buy shit or send us money or fucking emails or whatever. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> no more lockdown, no more government over.